0: Good morning. Woo! Everybody doing well this morning? Yes. All right. You look well. You look great. Y'all look a little suntanned. Amazing, amazing weather. It's pretty bad when we have to talk about how great our weather is for the three weeks that we get great weather. <laughs> well, this is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, and uh, so I want to talk to you about praying in the Spirit today uh, and, and just the powerful weapon that God has given us. Just before we do that, would you stand one more time with me? Just let's stand one time. We're going to pray. And, uh, here's what I'd like you to do. Uh, we're going to, I'm just going to pray and bless this portion of the service, the hearing of the word of God. But last week we talked about the weapons of our warfare. and We talked about the weapon of praise. And you know, um, Praise changes the atmosphere, right? We, we talked about that. It, cha- it literally changes the atmosphere where principalities and powers are trying to disrupt and distract and, and uh, keep God's work from going forward. And the battle of Jericho is an interesting one because it was last week we looked at Jehoshaphat and the worshipers went out front. And thank you, worship team, for leading us today. But it was a shout that brought the walls down. Say shout. Yeah, I want you to shout. When I say amen, uh, let's just get a crescendo of praise in this place um, and see how long we can keep it going before you go, oh, this is getting cringy now. Um, and uh, But it's to the Lord, so it should never... And, and uh, so let's just pray. Father, I thank you for the weapons that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for our great city today. That, Lord, as we look back over these 20 years, as harvest has been here, and Lord, the promise that, Lord, it, it didn't initiate with us, but we're alongside, we're a part of the promise that you gave to this city to bless it, to heal it, Lord, to prosper it and expand it. Father, we thank you that we're seeing expansion all over this city. We give you praise this morning. We give you thanks today, Lord, for all all that you're doing, Lord, as we hear the word now, cause it to stir us, cause it to uh, just that we would put it in the practice, even as we're going to shout to you now, in Jesus' name I pray, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. That's good hallel, foolishly and clamorously boasting of the Lord. Let's just be reminded, it's our final installment. I'm gonna start a new series next week called Heart for the House, and we're excited about it because I want to talk to you about, uh, as we get ready uh, over this summer, it's a preparation time as we come into the fall, and our fall season is gonna be exciting as we uh, launch our servant leader team is um, talking about and meeting about our small groups, making our small groups all that they can be here at Harvest. And so we're revamping and retooling and getting ready for our small groups for the fall, uh, as well as getting ready for the great Commission that God has given us, we want to be ready. Uh, we've been we've been uh, given a great commission to be on mission, and the mission is to see people get saved and come to Jesus. And so we'll be getting ready to go to two services again, uh, coming in the fall. Yeah, we want to talk to you about that and. There's some changes we have to make. Uh, We've gotten used to one, and we're gonna have to shift our mindset. We'll be talking about that in the weeks to come as we talk about heart for the house, the house that God is building, Um, and there are many people that aren't here yet that God wants to be in his house. He said he wanted his house to be filled, and so that's what we're believing God for. So here we are, our final installment. Uh, There's so much more we could say about uh, the weaponry, but uh, as we looked this morning uh, at prayer, and specifically praying in the spirit, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Aren't you glad that you don't have to be strong in your own strength? God's strength, we, we rely on his strength. So put on the full armor of God, That was week one, so that you can take advantage, or excuse me, that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, the wiles of the devil. He does plan against us, but we can take a stand, and this morning and all of the weeks we've been talking about the weapons, not just take a stand, but we're to take ground as well. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the ruler's against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms or in the atmosphere. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace." In addition to all this, say all this. (laughs) Take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In in this uh, passage in Ephesians, we look at the armor, and you got to be dressed for war. So it's really talking about getting dressed for war. We spent a week talking about how to do that. And then we began looking at the weapons that he's given us for this spiritual battle. And uh, the weapons we fight with are the Word of God, as we just looked here in Ephesians. Um, Submission uh, to the house of God uh, and to God. Blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus in God's house. And last week, the weapon of God. Of praise, Now, as we look at this verse this morning, let's keep going. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and, here's a weapon, say and. Amen. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and pray always uh, for the Lord. Uh, keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Well, prayer is a huge topic and there's just no way we could cover prayer in one week uh, and so I just want to kind of stir you remind you about uh, first the 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 power the power of prayer we could talk this morning about all the different kinds of prayers because that's what Paul says here all different kinds of prayer supplication petition intercession adoration Thanksgiving confession the prayer of faith there's all kinds of of prayer. Uh, And uh, some of you are going, I just thought there was prayer. I didn't know there were kinds. Well, there are kinds of prayer. We're not to be so caught up with that as much as just praying. And then we kind of fit it in uh, as we figure out and expand our prayer life. There's the mystery of prayer, the mystery of prayer, that a sovereign God and, uh, you know, God is in charge. He is God. And yet in the area of prayer, God has said, I will limit myself to the prayers of my people. That God, his, 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 his ways can change. Um, the Bible actually says that the God can change his mind because of prayer. And it's using, we call it an anthropomorphism. It's giving God human characteristics. Of course, God can't change his mind. But it appears that way because we can actually move the heart of God in prayer. And God has designed it that way. It's not that we're greater than God or we boss God around, but God has designed prayer, the mystery of prayer, that the all-sovereign God would say, I will act on behalf of my people's prayer. We could talk about that this morning, but we just don't have enough time uh, to look at all of this. But what we are going to look at is how important it is to use the weapon of prayer. In the Old Testament, Moses is on the on uh, the mountain praying, we, we actually used this verse a couple of weeks ago. And uh, as Moses was praying, Joshua in the valley below was winning the battle. This beautiful picture of how prayer and battle, spiritual battle, that was a physical one with God's enemies. But how we fight and use our weapons to come against and not just stand our ground, but this morning be reminded again to take some ground. How many would like to take some ground back from the enemy? In your family, in your workplace? Yeah, come on, in this region, take some ground from the enemy. Jesus is building his church, and even the gates of hell cannot come against that. We're, we're at battle. Uh, God has designed it this way, that we could fight and extend the kingdom. So as Moses is praying, as prayer goes up, uh, we see this spiritual battle. A number of years ago, no, I'll t- just tell him I can't take that right now, sorry. I don't know who you are, and I just embarrassed you, and I'm really sorry about that. (laughs) I just couldn't resist. Hey, on June the 6th, it's a Tuesday night, Um, If you're not doing anything, um, I will be doing something at St. Peter's uh, Church here in the city. I'll be speaking to that great congregation uh, on their Tuesday night service. Uh, I'm going to talk to them about miracles and and believing God for miracles. And uh, yeah, if you want to come be a part or just be praying for us. uh, As you know, Father Matt was here and and, uh, we're reciprocating. Obviously, just because of the way things are, and I'm not an ordained priest, um, as they would recognize. Uh, and I can't administrate the mass, and so I can't go on a Sunday. Uh, but I am delighted, privileged, and honored that I would be invited uh, to speak. Pray that many people will come, just even out of curiosity. Uh, Father Matt said, uh, "Do what Roy does," and I go, "Well, I, I don't really know what I do, except I like to stir people up and believe God and have more faith." He goes, "Do that." <laughs> so we're going to do that. Just believe for a gift of faith to be to be their portion. A of years ago, a good friend of ours in Messina was in a terrible... Accident, he was driving his Harley, uh, which he loved to do. And um, somebody in a rented car from Florida was up in the Saranac Lake area. He was cruising the back roads um, near Saranac, and the car turned left in front of him abruptly. He went into the side of the car, and the Jaws of Life had to dig him out of the hood of the car where the impact of the accident implanted him into the hood uh, not the hood, but the, um, the, the, um, the top of the car. And um, and he had already had a number of surgeries to save his life. He, he was in critical, and uh, they were able to uh, it was life-threatening, and, and Joe survived that accident some you know just somehow, well God's hand was upon him, and uh, he has reduced uh, vision today, and, and uh, he walks with a cane but, after the accident, of course, it, it was—they didn't know if he would ever walk again, and he was going to be requiring many, many surgeries. Which in the United States, because of the healthcare, uh, as you can guess, is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. We, Christine and I, went over to visit him, and Elaine, and uh, we're talking in their living room, and they began to share the three or four surgeries he'd already had, and they were happy with that, but that was going to be about it. And I said, "What?" They said, yeah, the insurance that the, um, there was a rented car, they had taken the limited insurance. And so uh, the insurance company, there's only a pot so big and we've exhausted it and we're not getting any more money um, out of the insurance company, that insurance company. And I got angry. I said, what? What are you talking about? That's wrong. And they're going, well, yeah, you know, Roy, yes, we we, we get that, um, but there's nothing we can do about it. And I said something just rose up inside of me, and I'm going. Nothing we can do about it. We've got to do something about this. And my instinct was just as we're talking, and they're kind of trying to explain it. I said we're going to pray right now. <laughs> and so Christina was there with us, and Joni Lane, and we held hands, and and just really the Holy Spirit just began to uh, rise up in me as I began to pray for justice and pray that there would be provision, of course, for healing, and, and, and that there would be uh, the surgeries that were necessary and, and that the, the finances would be provided and there'd be a reversal of whatever was causing the insurance company to say no. We said amen and went about our visit and went home, and a number of weeks later, I got a phone call, very excited, Elaine on the other end, and she goes, you're never gonna believe it. Isn't that what we always say when God answers prayer? She said, "Um, something changed, our lawyer called us, and we don't know what's happened, but there's been a, a complete reversal, and you have an unlimited amount of finances for these surgeries. And, uh, and Joe's with us today now, several years later, and, um, and I share that, I share that, because sometimes people will go, yeah, you know, I prayed, and God listened, and it got done. Um, and, and it's almost like, you know, no, it's not us, and, and I, I just state that, um, because that's not, hopefully, and that's not the spirit that came across him, but to stir you today to believe God for the weapon of prayer, because what I'm going to suggest today is that if we don't pray, it doesn't happen. You have not because you ask not the scriptures say what would have happened if I hadn't if the Lord hadn't spoken to me that day just come on petition the throne on on Joe's behalf right now for the situation and I, and I don't know but I do know that what, what did take place in Daniel chapter six we meet Daniel who has great favor he's already uh, he's already gone into the fiery furnace and and survived that and then another king comes along uh, uh, king um Darius that we're going to read about here in a moment, and Daniel's got a lot of favor with the king. He's very influential, but he's a he's a Hebrew in, in Babylon, and the other uh, city officials don't like Daniel very much, and so they hatch a plan to uh, have him destroyed. They know that Daniel's a man of prayer. He's known for that. It's his reputation. Three times each day, he would go into his little apartment uh, in front of the window, facing, facing the promise, facing the promise, which was to go back to Jerusalem. They're in Babylon. They're in captivity. Um, and God's people are gonna go back to Jerusalem was the promise of God. But Daniel would face the promise, face the promise. He would face the promise and pray three times each day. Well, they had hatched this plan that uh, they said, well, you know, we, we, we know how to catch him. And it went something like this. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors. It's interesting as I read this, I was reminded of we don't fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers in high places. These, these are flesh and blood rulers in, in Babylon And yet it reads like what we read in 1 Corinthians, uh, how how the enemy is organized against us. And God allows it because God wants to show his church powerful and triumphant in this day. So the battle's been won, but he wants us to put the enemy in his place. He wants the church to uh, become strong in this hour to see the kingdom of God extended and expanded. Somebody say. Say, that's our job. Oh, you didn't do so good there. Say, "That's that's our job. That's our job. And so the enemy to Daniel says, we're all in agreement. Like last week, three nations in agreement against Jehoshaphat. Give orders for the next 30 days that any person who prays to anyone. Interesting thought. Prayer is not strictly asking for what we need or asking for help, but let's just think about it in those terms for a moment. Give orders that for the next 30 days that any person who asks anybody else for help except you, your majesty, will be thrown into a den of lions. And King Darius says okay, which is curious to me because King Darius didn't realize like, the movie Bruce Almighty, that he was about to be really busy. There was about to be a lot of voices that were going to start asking King Darius for things. And the whole shift here was that the enemy wanted everybody to see that the king is all-powerful. So ask him for what you need. Go to the one who has all the power to get all that you need. Think about it. Go to the one who is all-powerful to get all that you need. So they sign it into law. So you can't ask your neighbor for help. We do that, don't we? Immediately we get into trouble and we text somebody. We might even text and pray for me. But our first instinct wasn't to pray for ourselves. Why do we do that? Why do we leave prayer until kind of the last resort? When God is saying, put it into your lifestyle. Begin to move the hand of God. And what begins to happen is prayer moves and shifts from being obligatory. Because somehow we go, I'm a Christian, I guess I have to pray. Do you go to hell if you don't? And there's this obligatory aspect to prayer instead of a relational going to the all-powerful God for everything that we need. And as that begins to happen, as we begin to see answers to prayer, we get excited about prayer and we begin to develop a lifestyle of prayer. So this morning as I'm talking about prayer, tomorrow, don't, don't decide you're gonna pray for an hour. If you didn't pray this week for five minutes, try five minutes, and see, you'll, hey, Mikey likes it. You will like it. And you'll want to, you will want to, you will want to continue praying. So King Darius signed it into law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem to the promise. And he prayed three times a day, just as he's always done, giving thanks to his God. He was using the weapon of praise. As Daniel was doing that, what he was saying was, I cannot acknowledge, I cannot put, even for 30 days, I cannot put, shift the power of what's going to change this world into King Darius's hands, as wonderful as he is, as great as he is, I am not putting it into his hands. I'm not putting it into my best friend's hands. I'm not putting it into somebody else's hands. I'm going to put my life into the hands of God who is all-powerful, who can change insurance companies' plans, who can change legal things, who can change heaven and earth. I am putting this into God's hands and if I were to stop for 30 minutes, 30 days, I can't imagine what might not happen if I stopped praying for 30 days. And that's what Daniel was thinking about. Because he could have just gone, what's so what? 30 days? I'll start I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it 30 days from now. No big deal. God, can you just be, be on hold for 30 days? God, I'll come back in 30 days. I'll just appease this request. No, the enemy knew what it was asking for. Interesting that habits are formed in about 30 days. What was he trying to do? The enemy was trying to break uh, Daniel's, uh, um, I don't want to say habit, it's a good habit, but his prayer lifestyle. Psalms chapter 121, David said, I look up to the mountains. And the mountains symbolize strength uh, in, in that in that time, in literature and, you know, the mountains. And the pagan people put their idols in the mountains, in the high places. They would put their altars and idols as high as they could to be close to the gods. He says, I I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's not put what we need into the hands of anyone else. Well, the weapon of prayer is not just for asking for help in my life or even acknowledging that he's my source. It's even more than that. Watch this. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has preserved, perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you. So as, as history is being rehearsed, the prophet Isaiah is saying there's never been a God like this God who works in human affairs on the earth. And he goes on, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him, who acts on behalf of those who pray. The NLT, I like the way it says it, for since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for him. And that is actually a closer word than act. Is God working for you today? And you say, and especially if you have a, a background where you've been taught about the sovereignty of God, that statement might bother you a little bit. God working for me? No, I work for God. No, in the area of prayer, it's very, very clear. And it's, it's very clear in this verse that God is waiting for you to wait on Him. God is waiting for you to say, God, I, I want you to act on our behalf. Um, meeting our, it's not just meeting our needs, but prayer releases God to act. Can we say it together? Prayer releases God to act on the earth. God's looking for a company of people here at Harvest that we will begin praying in a way, and as we come into the fall, we're gonna be emphasizing this, praying in a way that we're saying, God, begin to act in our region like you never have before. He is, but let's up let's up the game and say, God, let's act on uh, um, even more, Jesus said it this way: "This then is how you should pray: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Where? Here on earth. Your will be done. Where? Here on earth, as it is in heaven." And when Jesus was teaching his disciples at their request, "Teach us how to pray," Jesus said, "I will teach you how." Say how? how? He didn't tell them what to pray. He taught them how. And the how for us is saying, God, act on the earth. Extend your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let's go back to Daniel for a minute. Because Daniel said, I can't stop praying for 30 days. Because if I stop praying for 30 days, God stops acting for 30 days. And the vacuum gets filled with the principalities and powers that are acting. So, Daniel's thrown in the lion's den, and and King Darius goes to see what happens to Daniel. And of course, the angels are petting the lions, and 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 uh, the, you know they're they're using they're using their angelic powers. You are full, lion. You are full. You are not hungry. You are not hungry, lion. You are full. And so they're petting the lions, and the lions are purring, and uh, Daniel's standing there, and the King Darius comes. The angel parts there. Read read the story, um, and. Uh, King Darius comes, and this king who knows nothing about the God of Daniel is so impacted by what took place. We read this. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and people of every language in the earth. It sounds like here on this Pentecost Sunday, it sounds like when all of the nations had gathered on the day of Pentecost. And they'd gathered for the Feast of Pentecost. And something powerful happened on the inauguration of the church's birthday that day. King Darius wrote to all the nations, God's a God of all the nations, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom, uh, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues, and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. I want you to see this, that because Daniel prayed for 30 days, not just that uh, for himself, but for the promises of God, and literally there is a revival overnight that the nations, by the decree of the king is to serve God and God only. As we pray in these days, God wants to move in our country. God wants to move in our province. God wants to move in our city. God wants to move in our our families. He wants us to begin to say, God, act on our behalf and yours in this situation. And 30 days later, a decree is made and overnight a revival takes place. Why not an overnight revival today? Why not an overnight revival in the day that we live in? The weapon of prayer, the weapon of prayer. If that's not powerful enough, I want to just put some nitric oxide, and that's a racing term of, of, of enriching the fuel in a race car to make it go even faster and make it even more powerful. And I want to stir you this morning, these few moments that we have left, as we look back at this scripture in Ephesians. It tells us this. It doesn't just say pray. It says pray in the Spirit. On all occasions with all kinds of prayer. This is prayer that's not in English or French or Nigerian or whatever language you were born with, your mother's tongue that you learned, that your mom taught you. But it's a prayer that happens when you pray in the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's language of prayer in you, we call this praying in tongues. Uh, Paul talks about it in First Corinthians, and the Corinthians church. It was really kind of a novel thing when they experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. It happened in the upper room, and then it was happening in all the different churches uh, that were being planted, and. Uh, the Church of Corinth, they, they just were like overdoing it. They, they just were enamored with this novel, a thing that God was doing where you could speak in tongues. And so uh, they were doing it inappropriately. They were doing it at the wrong times. They, they were just doing it all over, and they were using it as a spiritual badge, and it really just got out of hand. And so Paul talks a lot about it and brings some correction and direction to that particular church. And so in that direction, correction and teaching, he says this, he says, for if I pray in a tongue, if I pray in a tongue, and he wasn't talking about the word specifically, uh, is a language that I've never learned, a language that I don't know, but a tongue that the Holy Spirit gives for prayer, prayer. So he doesn't say when I speak in a tongue, he says when I pray in a tongue. I will pray with my spirit, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So when I pray in English, my mind, and I'm trying to think, okay, I want to pray for this, Lord. I just ask that today that you would just continue to help Jim Morris as he's had his uh, a knee replacement. Knee, right? Not a hip. It's a knee. It's a hip. You're shaking, and it's a knee. I'm very confused now. It's knee, right? So you need a saying hip and you're saying it. Never mind. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And uh, and so Lord, we just pray for it, and then I'm thinking about, and I'm thinking about that, and I put into English my prayer request. But something takes place when I pray in a tongue. Paul says, My spirit or the Holy Spirit in me starts to pray and gives me the words to pray. Now, if God Himself is praying in me. Do you think he's getting the part about what God wants done correct? Do you think God knows what to pray? And so if God himself is praying in me, do you think those prayers are definitely getting answered? Yeah, they are. And so we're taking our prayer to another whole level. I pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. He's saying, I'm gonna pray both. I'm gonna pray in my mother tongue, and I'm gonna pray in the tongues that God gives me. I will sing with my spirit, so it's a, um, singing, in, singing in tongues is a worship language. It's the worship of love. And I hope that you're worshiping in tongues as well. goes on and says this in Romans, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Here's an example. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. Sometimes I just don't know what to pray. You don't know what to pray. But the Holy Spirit prays, prays with us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And so it's expressed in tongues. And the Father who knows all hearts, the Father who knows our heart, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads with us, uh, pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So the Holy Spirit praying in us in harmony with God's will. When I don't know how to pray, say good deal. Now this is exciting. And this is an aspect that if you're not praying in the Spirit, I want to challenge you and invite you. If you're you're not praying maybe 30 days, hey, there's no condemnation. You start. You start today. Start tomorrow. When the alarm goes off, we call it first 15. Put 15 minutes aside to worship, to pray, and you'll see that that begins to grow, stirring you that the hand of God the next 30 days. Here's your 30-day challenge that you would begin to pray each day like Daniel did and put it back into. God's hands. Put your family back into God's hand. Put your job back into God's hand. Put your health back into God's hands and see what get, takes place. And now, even more than that, put it back into his hands as you pray in the Spirit. I've shared this story before, but I want to share it again. And uh, I was about 18, and Um, I had experienced uh, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as we refer to it, and we'll look in the scriptures what that means, and being filled with the Holy Spirit when I was about 16. and So it had been about two years, and I was accustomed to praying in the Spirit that uh, my prayer time that I would spend in my privacy of my prayer closet, and that's where we do this, but praying out loud in a Holy Spirit language, a language that God knows that I don't know. and can be kind of weird sometimes, sounds different to our ears, it's a language that isn't an earthly language, as we're going to see, but the language uh, uh, of angels, the Bible says, a heavenly language. What does that mean exactly? I don't really know how to explain that, except that's what the Bible calls it, as so we'll see in a second. And so I was out working. My dad had given me some chores. I was out behind our barn working. I think I was stacking wood. I began to think of my friend Jay, who had headed out west to the oil rigs and was working to get money because he was getting ready to go to school. And I was thinking about him. I wonder what Jay's doing right now. We didn't have social media, and we couldn't text. This is a long, long time ago in a land far, far away. And, uh, and, and but I'm just, I'm, I, we say it this way, I was burdened for him. I was heavy. Like there was a weight, like when you put a, a weight on an animal, and, and it's, a, it's a, an animal of burden. You know, it's carrying those weights. And I was, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was putting something on my mind for Jay. And so I began to pray, and I didn't know what to pray, but I could, I could sense Holy Spirit saying, I want, I, want, I want to pray through you. Will you allow me? Yes, Holy Spirit, let's, let's go. And I began to pray in the Spirit. And for what was about five minutes, and, and as quickly as that burden or that weight from the Lord, that concern for Jay, um, and I felt like, man, something's wrong. Something's off. And then it left as quickly as it came. I went back to work. I wish I could have texted him, and, but maybe not, because the way I had to do it was we were, we were writing letters back and forth that summer. He was my best friend, and uh, we were missing each other. We had done all kinds. We rode motorcycles together, and we did all sorts of things together. But I wrote him that letter and said, hey, on this date, at this time, I don't know what was happening, but I, I prayed for you. I just really felt like something was going on. A week to get there and a week to come back. Two weeks later, he said, you, you, you can't believe it. There it is again, the you can't believe it thing. He said, that night, I was facing something I'd never faced before, and it was as if there was a divine intervention. It was as if God stepped in and just changed things, and he said, thank you for praying. Again, is it because I prayed? Well, I'm gonna have to say yes But it's because you're praying. It's because we're all praying. And we're praying in the Spirit. We're praying as the Holy Spirit comes into harmony with God's will. Paul said, if I speak with the tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love. Remember that he's talking to the Corinthian church. He's saying, guys, you got to get this right. If you're just going to walk around talking in tongues all the time. People are going to think you are bananas. They're going to think you are weird. They're going to make fun of you. Man, and, and they just, there are people who have given Holy Spirit a bad rap, not just in Corinthians days, but today. Just, just all that weirdo when it comes to spiritual things. And yet it's so naturally supernatural if we use this and participate properly. He says, if I speak with the tongues of men, praying in English, or of angels, a heavenly language, but I don't have love. There are people who pray for show, and we read about that as Jesus pointed to the Pharisees, people who just pray because we're supposed to. But what if I prayed because I love my city, and I love the people of God, and I love my country, and I love, and out because I possess God's love for people, and I begin to pray, and I pray in the spirit. What could happen? It's endless. He said, if I speak in the tongue of angels, quickly this morning. We're going to have our prayer team available in just a moment. And if you've never prayed in the Spirit, I'd like to invite you to come forward today and say, hey, I'm here to pray in the Spirit. I'd like, I'd like, to, I'd like to know how to do this. We look at um, the Old Testament and when they were journeying out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and then they wandered in the wilderness uh, under the direction of Moses, and then they came into the promised land. Say promised land. Yeah, the promised land is the, is the picture of you and I walking in the fulfillment of God's blessing in our lives. In order to go on that journey, it says that the children of Israel had three baptisms, and so don't you and I. And, it's, and, and Paul went on to say, hey, this was written as an example. What they did speaks to in, in pictorial way to what happens to us. He said this, they were all, on that journey, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Baptism is another way of saying to fully identify with. That's why you go underwater when we get water baptized. It's kind of weird in our culture. We don't have an equivalent to that uh, Western culture or that Eastern culture of of baptism. But it means to fully identify identify with. Would you say that with me? Fully identify with. So when they went on their spiritual journey and they were leaving uh, uh, Egypt, they went away where there was no way. The, The enemies were behind them. The Red Sea was in front of them. It was impossible. But God made a way for their salvation. He opened. He parted the Red Sea. They were baptized in the sea. Baptized in the sea, they fully identified with,
1: wow!
0: As they saw the water, the walls of water, and then it drowned the enemies. We identify with water baptism, the way that God made. Salvation's impossible. I can't do enough good to ever counteract sin that I was born with. And so God sent his son Jesus. He died on the cross, and he made a way for salvation. And when we get water baptized, I fully identify with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And I say, I identify with that. That's mine. Say, that's mine. I identify. That's why we get water baptized. And then they got baptized into Moses. And God didn't liquefy Moses. Okay, next. You know. What does that mean to be baptized into Moses? Why does this? Why is Paul using that word? They fully identified that they were following God's man that God set in place to administrate his vision and the direction of that company of people to get to the promised land. And you can see they had to learn some of that. But they were baptized into the structure of the local churches the way we would see it. We're baptized into the church. And when you take step one, you go, you know what, I want to make heart my home church. And you go to Roots to find out how to do that, how to join the dream team, how to be a part of what God's doing. What is it you're doing? You're identifying with the direction and the vision and, and what's happening in this house. As a company of people, we move together and journey together to see God's promises be fulfilled. I fully identify with the vision of this house and I commit myself to it. And that means committing financially as well. We're baptized into Moses. No, for us, we're baptized into the church, but they were baptized in the cloud. The cloud led them. The cloud protected them. The cloud was the awesome presence of God. At night, it was fire, and God's voice would come out of the cloud. In the daytime, it was shade and protection. The cloud, for you and I, represents the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. God's presence, Jesus said to his disciples, hey, I'm out of here, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. It happened on the day of Pentecost, this is Pentecost Sunday, when the church traditionally celebrates the coming of the Holy Spirit, God's presence to his people in the Holy Spirit. Not a cloud, we're baptized, not into a cloud, but we have the same baptism. We fully identify with our need for Holy Spirit. And on that first Pentecost Sunday, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, said Jesus. Baptized, say baptized. You will fully identify with your need for Holy Spirit power in your life. If you've invited Jesus in your life, that's amazing. You have eternal life. But God wants to give you a weapon for life on this earth to walk supernaturally filled and enabled each and every day. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I wish I could talk more about the gift of the Holy Spirit today because that's not what I'm talking about. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a very specific spiritual gift, like the gift of healing and the gift of prophecy, and all of the spiritual gifts that are listed in, in the Corinth when Paul was teaching the Corinthians about this. The gift of tongues is not what I'm talking about today at all, because the gift of tongues is not for everybody. And the Bible says that to some were given the gift of healing and the gift of tongues. It's not the. I'm not, I. I. If you have the gift of tongues, that's amazing. God bless you. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Today I'm talking about when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you can pray in the Spirit. It's for everybody. Say everybody. Why would God give one person nitrous oxide to win the race, power, power to pray, power to come in harmony with God's will, to pray on fire, to take your prayer life from kind of in my mind, I'm distracted right now, to, woo, I'm on fire and I'm praying for things to change. Why would God not give that to everybody? Of course he gives it to everybody, because I'm not talking about the gift of tongues. I'm talking about, I pray in tongues, prayer tongues. And that's something beautiful and wonderful when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. I wonder if everybody could stand this morning. The 30-day challenge. Just be reminded if, and we all need to be reminded, I need to be reminded, preparing this message. I'm like, God, oh, I've put so many things into other people's hands when I should have put it into yours. Lord, forgive me. I'm putting it back in your hands. You can do that. Where you're standing right now, I'm gonna uh, ask the prayer team to come down right now. Right now, come to the front, and we're going to begin to worship. And if you're already uh, already uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can worship in tongues and pray in tongues, I would invite you in this court. As there's lots of sound in this room, and we can corporately do that without freaking somebody out beside us uh, because it's not supposed to do that. Uh, But as we do it today and uh, lift our voices, I would invite you to do that. If you've never prayed in the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, prayed in a heavenly language, our workers, you can come down right now while we're worshiping. We're gonna worship in this final song and then I'm gonna dismiss you to have an amazing rest of your day. you to come. If you need prayer for anything today, not just an infilling, but whatever you might need prayer for. But if you're coming forward and you want to take your prayer life to the next level, this is something you do by faith. This is something you do by faith. You take it by faith the way you did salvation. And then the Lord will just might give you some words that you've never spoken or thought about before, but they're in your mind. And I would just encourage you just put, put lips to thoughts and it will begin to flow, it is not difficult, people have made this super difficult, I grew up in a context where it was just difficult, and one day I just thought, it can't be this hard, and pastor had a prayer time like this, it was communion Sunday, and he said, if you have prayer, you need prayer for anything, and I went forward, and I thought, I'm going to pray in tongues today, And before I got to the front, I'd received a lot of prayer uh, to receive it, but I didn't know it was by faith. I didn't know you just kinda take it. It's for yours to have. And I started, I came down, and before I hit uh, the front where we, I was already praying in my new prayer language, and I haven't stopped for many, many years. If there's anyone here today, just before we go, we never close a service without giving you the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life, to be born again, to have eternal life, and your sins forgiven. If you're here today or you're online and you would like to receive eternal life, a simple prayer like this, congregation, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I repent from my sin. I turn from going my own way. I go your way. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. I receive all of you today in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe if you pray a prayer like that, you're born again. See somebody in a green shirt, we have a gift for you. Harvest, have an amazing rest of your Sunday and go in the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit as God wants to move heaven and earth.